This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to expose four retirement truth bombs, and we're going to offer some ways to help prepare for them. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary. He is an investment advisor, representative, an independent guy. Been doing this for more than 30 years at Silverleaf Financial, of course, is where you find him. Kevin, how are you? Hey, we are doing great, Steve. Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. You know, kind of enjoying the, the change and the weather and all like that. So, yeah, we're good. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I know you, you, you and know, you and Phoenix, you got no change in the weather. It's just always nice. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, you know what? Our, ours changed a little bit. It got a little bit warmer. Uh, <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but there's still not a cloud in the sky. And uh, you know, one of the great things about living out in the desert here is uh, we get a lot of sunny days. So yeah, well, I, absolutely. I love it. Well, who love well, it's hard not to like that. You, you know what? I, I it, it always makes me laugh because people are like, Oh, it gets so hot in the summer. I said, well, and this is like a guy from Montana. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, it gets like pretty darn cold in the winter where you're at, right? Exactly. And, and so all you get, all we're doing is flipping the script. You know, when, you know, you guys stay inside and crank up the heat in the wintertime when we're outside enjoying beautiful weather. Right. And in the summertime, you know, we try to stay inside or we're in a pool and we crank up the AC. You know, it's, it's just it's just the opposite is all it is, you know? Oh, yeah, it's no different. Uh, or then you get to, I was talking to my sister. She's up in Duluth, Minnesota, Saturday, 82 Sunday, forty-five. That's that's right. Yeah, I was I was talking to some folks in uh, Illinois, telling me the same thing. Oh, we got in the eighties, you know. And 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 I used to joke with my wife, you know, we get how how in Illinois you get like th- you can get three seasons in one day. You oh know? yeah. Oh and, gosh, yes. You know, or a, or a couple days like that. You know, eighties to forties. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I tell you what, we we moved out to Arizona here in twenty eleven. So I guess actually we're coming up on ten years now. Um, and we love it. We love it. I say one of the things I got so tired of in Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois is, you know, I'd wake up in the morning to a snowstorm and I got to shovel everything out, clean everything out. I go to work, I come back home and I got to do it all over. Oh again. yeah. And, and I just got so tired of shoveling snow and, and cause I'm like, all right, you know, it's so what purpose, what long-term purpose is this? What, what does this accomplish? Nothing. Right. Cause <laughs> It keeps your arms you know, strong. <laughs> this, yeah, you know, a lot of times I'm out there and I feel like I was like, man, am I am I having a heart attack here? What's going on? Oh well, yeah, and because uh, uh, that that's that wet snow can get so heavy. Oh, uh, but you know what? We we don't have to worry about that here in Phoenix, do we, guys? No, you do not. And uh, so you talk well, and that is the truth. And we're talking truth bombs here. I like that. Um, you know, and and one of the I guess a better way to say it is rather than truth bomb, it might be things that you think are true, they just aren't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, with the number of conspiracy theories going on about anything and everything, uh, this oh, is, we're we're talking the truth, though. This this uh, your your living costs might not go down all that much, and and that makes sense to me. You know, you know what? A lot, yeah, a lot of people have that misconception, and 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 it is uh, it is an unfortunate myth. I would say that you know, and 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 by the way, we are we 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 
we want to stick to the facts. This is a no nonsense, no spin type of show. So, um, you know, if we say it on the show, then, uh, you know, I, I, we certainly believe it to be true. Sure. And one of the, unfor- you know, one of the unfortunate things about retirement, you know, people always used to say, oh, well, you, you can plan to live on 70 or 75 or 80% of your income in retirement because the theory is your expenses will go down because you're not going to work. Um, you know, but the truth of the matter is that you're, you're going to have a lot more time on your hands, right? Right. And, and that's time you're going to want to do something to fill your day. You're not, presumably, you're not just going to sit around, you know, and, and hold tightly onto the money that you've accumulated. You're probably going to want to go out and, you know, maybe you go fishing, maybe you go traveling, maybe, um, you, you know what, maybe you go to your second house that you bought. The number of things are, you know, immeasurable that you might engage in in retirement, but chances are really good that they're all going to cost something, right? They're going to cost you some money one way. Of course. So, you, you know, what I've found is that most clients, their, their, their expenses are about the same. You know, they're, they really are because they tend to, that whatever they've chosen to take up in retirement or to continue in retirement, maybe it's golf. You guys, any, anybody that plays golf, it's not cheap, right? No. I mean, a cheap round of golf might be 30 bucks, you know, and, uh, but you could, you could easily spend hundreds on, on a round of golf. You want to go play Pebble beach? I think that's what, like four or 500 bucks now. So wow, for one round. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so I mean, depending on how, you know, what you want to do. Well, and that just gets, the, that's just it. I mean, when I retire, I want to do more than what I was doing when I was working. So I need oh, yeah. that. I need that same kind of income. That's, that's, that's right where I'm at. And, and, and I tell you what, personally, you know, I, I, I do the planning and uh, everything for myself that I do, you know, for my clients. And one of, part of my plan and my projection uh, is for the same level of income. Actually, it might even be higher uh, in retirement. And I, because I think it's important that you, that you do what you want to do and enjoy yourself. I tell clients all the time, I've got clients that have millions of dollars with me. They don't want to spend a dime of it. And, and I'm encouraging them to, you know, go travel, go see the kids or bring the kids to see you, or maybe take a big family trip, buy everybody a ticket to Hawaii or something, Yeah, sure. you know, and because they can, they can afford it. But, but what I've seen is that a lot of folks, they, they get into the saving, saving, saving habit. And it, that can be hard to break. Of course. And, and you know, they're into accumulation all their life and they get to retirement. They got a couple million dollars. They're still living in the same house they bought 50 years ago, um, you know, but they don't they don't want to spend the money. I've even had the kid, you know, kids, kids will, will try to get to spend the money and they don't want to spend the money. They don't even like it when their kid buys a big screen TV. And uh, so it can get a little crazy. But guys, the, the moral of the story is to is, is I think it's much safer to do your budgeting and let's do the plan, put it together and, and plan that your income uh, and that your expenses are about the same, you know, and we can certainly adjust it, but I think you're going to be much better off if you expect that your, that your bills are going to be about the same. It just might be going to a different area, you know, so maybe you're not, you're not buying the train pass or paying for cabs or Uber or whatever it is to commute back and forth to work or the gas or the insurance, whatever it might be, but you'll be spending it on, you know, golf green fees or, or something else. So uh, I think it's a lot safer bet to plan on the expenses being the same. And, uh, and then you won't find any negative surprises down the road. Right. Well, and I think, you, you know, know, when you talk about being a little bit older, well, they talk about the go-go years, the slow-go and the no-go years. I mean, I, the last thing I want to, for anybody is to get to the no-go years and you've got so much money, you'll never be able to spend it. I mean, that, it's just what, that's a, right. what a waste. I, to, to me, to me, it really is because because there there's so many things you can do. There's so many things that that people can enjoy, you know. And I and I think it's great. I do have a lot of clients, you know. They they want they're they're planning to leave so much money to their kids or their grandkids or uh, or their church or favorite charity, whatever it might be. Sure. Um, 
you know, and, and I think, I think that's great, but personally, I think you should do everything that you want to do first. I think you should take, take all the trips and do everything you want to do. That's fun and enjoyable. And then anything left over, leave, leave it to whomever you'd like. Um, but you know, I, 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 I always try to tell my clients to put yourself first, you know, and, and that goes along with, if you're, if your adult child is hitting you up for money and they want to borrow money because of whatever happened in their life, um, I'm always going to say that a client to put themselves first, make sure you're taken care of first. And I, and I like to use that airplane analogy, you know, when they're yeah. going through the, the preparations, right. And they tell you if there's trouble, the plane starts to go down, the oxygen mass is going to fall from the ceiling. And the first thing you do is put it on your mouth, take care of yourself first so that you are able to take care of your child or whoever else might not be able to take care of themselves. Of course. Take care of yourself first guys. Um, you know, and, and a lot on that note, you know, one thing a lot of folks think about is a social security check when they get to retirement. And a lot of folks are actually planning to rely on that for a large piece of their retirement, uh, which I think is fine. I'm, I personally don't believe that social security is going to go away. It doesn't uh, seem I like do. Now, nah, you, you, you know what? That has been such a staple of, of this country going back not quite a hundred years, what, 90 years or so. Sure. Um, you know, and I think that I think to take away Social Security would be taking away a huge, incredible safety net um, that there's probably 20 million Americans that do rely on it for pretty much all of their income. And and so, I mean, really, you're going to put you're going to make 20 million, you know, 80 year olds homeless because you don't want to continue Social Security. I, I, I just don't see that happening. I really don't believe that'll happen. And I, I do think there's a good chance that the benefit will be cut for future retirees, you know, um, but we don't, we don't know how that's going to shake out either. You but know, for baby boomers, and that's who we're talking to mostly here is baby boomers. I mean, we're going to be okay. I believe, yes, I, be I believe we will. I don't really think, you know, everything that the government has done so far with regards to these programs uh, tells me that they don't want to cut benefits for anybody currently receiving them. And generally speaking, I don't think they want to cut them for anybody within, let's say, 10 years. So I think if you're like 50 and above, I, I personally don't believe that, that, uh, that there's going to be a cut. Obviously, anything can happen. None of us can control it. Um, you know, but I think you're fine. I think if you're younger than 50, then, then I'd say, you know what, you should prepare. You should prepare for maybe a 25% cut uh, in whatever the benefit says it's going to be now. Um, you know, you can go to the website. It's like myssa.gov, I believe. Um, and you, have to, you can set up a user account. And I like to go in there. I tell you what, I like to go in there. And you guys should do that. You should go to the Social Security website. Make sure you go to the government site. Uh, and set up an account, and then you can go in and see exactly what your benefit's going to be. And they've got some cool calculators on there too. You can put in if you're married, if your spouse, you know how much your spouse is going to get. Right. Um, it, you know, it'll help you calculate that. You can see what your benefit's projected to be at, at 62 and then at full retirement age and then again at 70. Uh, it basically doubles. So, you know, it's, you know, when I look at my benefit, the benefit at 62 versus 70, you know, 62 is roughly half of what I'd get if I wait till 70. That's what I looked you at know? mine too. And that was about right. Yeah. And, and I think, I just think that's a huge, huge difference. So in eight years, eight years difference, you get a double, wow. right? Yeah. So it, it's, that's roughly 8% a year, guys. Look at interest rates in the market and look at your bank. Look at any place you get a guaranteed interest rate. You can't even get half of that. In other words, you can't even get 4% on a guaranteed rate right now. Maybe, at least not anywhere I'm aware of. I mean, even 30-year treasury bonds are below 2%, okay? 10-year treasuries, which a lot of the fixed interest, a lot of CDs, things like that are tied to, you know, 10-year treasuries are about, what, 1.5, 1.6. They've been bouncing around in that range for a while. You know, so, so the highest I can get on a five-year guarantee is about 
That's the highest is 3%. So I like to say, you know what, look at, you, you want to compare apples to apples, right? Yes. Of and so when you think, you know, so if you're thinking about taking social security, what I like to do is say, well, where else can I get a comparable yield? Where else can I get comparable growth like that? And the answer is nowhere. <laughs> okay. That's the answer. There is nowhere that, that you, because social security is guaranteed to increase roughly 8% for every year that you wait to collect, to claim. So you know that you're getting an 8% increase, it's approximate for each year. And I've talked before, it actually goes up every month that you wait. All right. And, and when you're looking at, so to me, waiting on social security is a very, very smart thing to do if you're able to, you know, I plan to wait until 70. Um, and, and that's also because, because I'm the higher wage earner in my household. And should I predecease, you know, should I die before my wife, she's going to get stepped up to my benefit. And so if I collect at, at a younger age and I have a smaller benefit, then by definition, she's also going to have a smaller benefit too, right? Right. And, and, when there, and when there's only one of us left, we're not going to be collecting both benefits. You only get one benefit, okay? So when one, of, one, of, one, of the, one person out of the couple passes away, the surviving spouse is going to either continue to receive their higher benefit or they're going to get stepped up to the higher benefit, but you're not going to get both. So really what you want to do as a married couple is you want to plan your budget around one social security check. All right. That's what I recommend. Obviously we can, we can plan around whatever things that, you know, issues we have to. Um, but I think if you can set up your retirement so you can live off the higher benefit, if that's possible or get it as close to that as we can, then everything else is just gravy. And that'll put you in that much stronger position. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. I'm, I'm referring it to the Pure Growth Fund. It's uh, This is actually an account that I manage. So it's a managed account. Uh, this is a discretionary account where I buy and sell uh, investments, stocks for my clients on their behalf. Okay. And uh, and and so what I did, and we, we've talked about it a few times before, and, and I'm a big believer, um, you know, I'm a big believer in following in the footsteps of those before us that have been very successful. So in other words, I've done a lot of research and studying uh, about the tactics that were utilized by, let's say, Warren Buffett, 
um, Peter Lynch that, that ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund and had phenomenal returns while he did it. Uh, also, William O'Neill, the guy that started Investor's Business Daily. Uh, if anybody has ever read Investor's Business Daily or you followed it, then you know that they, they have a rules-based strategy. And, and, and they, ha- they call it can slim and it has to do with, you know, current earnings, annual earnings, things like that, new products. Um, you know, so these are rules that these guys, these folks have put together that they figured out over time. Um, and they've been very successful in following these rules. And, it, and there's a set of parameters. It might be earnings growth. It could be revenue growth. It could be, it could be insider buying. It could be any number of things. Um, but what I like to do is follow the rules. And when you look at them, there are strategies that we can put, we can test, so we can run computer simulations and backtest them. And when I did this, I can fi- I can see that if if we did this since 1980 for 40 years, that the portfolio following their rules would have returned over 20 percent, actually about 25 percent annually for 40 years. Jeez. And I said, all right, that's fantastic, right? I yeah, love that's that. Amazing, yeah. All right. So last year, what I decided was let's put real money into this and let's follow the rules always, no exception always following the rules. So in other words, I don't buy anything based on a hunch. I don't buy anything based on, based on a TV interview that I see, you know, this, some super rich hedge fund guy on, you know, on CNBC says he bought the stock. I don't go out and buy the stock because he did it. Okay. I only buy stocks that pass the rules. And, and what that means is that we use what are called screens and we set up compute screens that are based on all the parameters that we're looking for. All right. And then we run them through the computer and the computer spits out the names, okay? And then, so that those are the names that passed and that have that, that meet that criteria, okay? And so those are the ones, um, those are the ones that I buy. And I started, I took it live July, middle of July last year, I believe it was July 14th of last year. So it's only been, what is that, roughly 10 months. Yeah. Um, but I've been talking about it on the show because I want people to know, you know, how, how it's doing. And, and I want everybody to, I try to keep everybody up to date. And we're off to a fantastic start. Um, and so far through today's close, we're up 73.5%. Holy cow. Uh, Wait, 73.5%. How's that even possible, net. Kevin? <laughs> it's, it's net. Well, I guess it, it could have been bigger, but I've, I've, I've been wrong on a couple. Um, <laughs> it could have been yes. bigger. Wow. <laughs> it could have been bigger. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, but I'll tell you, it, it's been, it, this is all stocks guys. And, and this is an all stock portfolio. Uh, and it's been a concentrated portfolio, uh, meaning I might have between five and 10 stocks in the portfolio. So this is not something I would tell somebody to put all your money into this. Um, that's not what I'm suggesting at all. All right. What I wanted to do is come up with something that is about pure growth. And, and the reason I call it pure growth is really a, fo- a focus on the emphasis of pure, meaning that we're not employing leverage. We're not using margin. We're not borrowing any money at all. These are all cash holdings. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is you guys might know hedge, some hedge funds, they'll use a ton of leverage. Uh, for instance, the, Ar- the Archegos fund that blew up a last, you know, few months ago, that if anybody was watching on Wall Street and you saw something, let's say Viacom get cut in half, that was when Archegos blew up and First Boston and Morgan Stanley and the other prime brokers had to liquidate their holdings to pay off their loans. So in other words, Archegos borrowed eight, nine, 10 times the value of the fund, Right. And, and, you know, if you've got a thousand bucks and, and you borrow another 8,000 on that position, if it goes the wrong way, it goes down, it's going to blow up on you really fast because what happens as it goes down is the firm that you have that money at the brokerage firm issues, what's called a margin call. Okay. And that means you either sell stocks or you add cash to cover 
that margin call. And so what happened, what happened when Viacom fell apart, that was because the prime brokers of the Archegos fund had to start selling their holdings to pay off the loan that that guy borrowed against the fund, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, so my, my point is leverage is dangerous. In my opinion, borrowing money to, buy, to buy a stock is dangerous. There's a lot of people that do it. Uh, I don't recommend it because if, if you're wrong at all, like I said, it can go south in a hurry. And usually what happens when it goes south, okay, and it goes down, what happens is the client says, well, I don't have the cash, you need to sell. And so you wind up selling at a time you probably don't want to sell, right? And, and, and you wind up selling at a loss, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have a margin call. So it can get, it can get really nasty. And, and so if anybody's thinking about using margin, my first suggestion is don't do it. You know, don't use borrowed money to buy a stock. Isn't that um, how? Isn't so, that basically how Robinhood works? I mean, there's a lot of leveraging it, going inside there, aren't there? Isn't there? There, you know, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that there is. I haven't verified anything. I don't, I don't know anybody at Robinhood, um, but I do believe what happened there is, is pretty much all. I, I would say pretty much all brokerage firms have margin accounts available for a person, um, you know, and you can sign up for it. But you're supposed to be an experienced investor, all right. And you're supposed to be a knowledgeable, savvy investor. Uh, so by definition, to me, a margin account should never be given to a brand new investor. It just shouldn't be because you don't, they're not, they don't understand the risks yet. They haven't gone through it. I think there should be a requirement that you have to have been investing for, I don't know, at least five years or something. Um, but yes, I understand, Mar I understand a lot of people at, on Robinhood um, are using margin, which means you're borrowing against your holding. Typically, you can borrow the same amount that you have in cash. So if you've got a ten thousand dollar account, usually the firm will extend you another ten grand to borrow. Sounds so like if you Vegas. take it, <laughs> it is it, it is right. It you know, and you, that's really what they're doing. They're gambling, like these guys that you hear all this talk about. Um, you, you know what was it, GameStop, and yeah. uh, and then the uh, uh, what AMC theaters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're getting behind a position and they're and they're pushing it and running it up. Which personally, I think that it seems like manipulation to me, but. Um, nonetheless, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on there that doesn't sound good to me. I think what I've heard about Robin Hood is they made it, you know, Buffett's complaint. If you heard Buffett's comments on it the other day and Charlie Munger, um, they, they, I think Munger called it disgusting, which I don't know if that's the right word for it, but, uh, they clearly don't like it. Um, and they said it's gamification of, of investing, you know, it's making it too much like a, like a video game. Um, you know, so I think that I think that can be dangerous. I think it causes a lot of people to lose money. I've read plenty of articles about people that lost money. Right. So, so the point is, it's kind of like dealing with fire. You know, you know, you got to understand that the fire is dangerous, and, and you got to be careful. You're going to get burned, and you need to understand that margin is dangerous. Margin can work if you're a really good, sophisticated trader. It can work great, but if you're wrong, you're probably going to lose a lot of money really fast, well, really quickly. And I don't. So I don't recommend it. So let's get back to pure growth. I mean, you're talking seventy-three point five percent. That's Gains yes. since yes. last July. I mean, you're coming yes. up on a year. I mean, that's. I mean, can can that be maintained? And I'm I'm guessing the answer is yes. Well, I believe it can be maintained. It. Uh, I certainly can't promise it. You know, but I'll but I'll tell you that what what I'm doing is I'm 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 trying to get into I'm getting into stocks um, that I'm expecting are, are going to move right away. All right. In other words, I'm expecting movement within the next couple of weeks, if not couple of days. Um, if I get to five or six weeks and it hasn't made me money, I'm generally pulling the plug and I'm getting out. So, so what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to focus on a good entry point. Okay. I'm not looking to, there's plenty of advisors say, Oh, you know, you know, buy this For instance, people are saying to buy Apple, because if you look back in history, 
if you bought Apple computer and you have at least a five-year time frame, looking back on it, you've got like a 90% success rate if you commit to at least five years. And I'm like, okay, that's all well and good for somebody that wants to do that. That's fine. But I don't want to sit on something for five years before it makes me money. And, and so what I'm trying to do is buy companies that are, are looking like they're primed to break out. And to give an example, um, it has, to, has a lot to do with the economy, for instance, what's happening in the economy. So a lot of the stocks I've been buying are commodity-based. You know, like, for instance, Louisiana, I'll give you guys one of them that, that has worked out beautifully is Louisiana Great. Pacific. Okay. LPX is a symbol. Um, we bought this mid middle of December, around the 14th or 15th, I want to say. Um, and we are up over 70% on wow. that holding since the middle of December. And check it out, Louisiana Pacific. Um, I'm not saying this is not a recommendation for the record. This is not a recommendation to buy the stock. Okay. Right. If anybody would like to talk about it, I'd be happy to have a conversation. I just, I wanted to give you guys a few ideas about what, what I've been doing. Alcoa. Alcoa is another one that, um, gosh, I just picked this one up on uh, a couple days ago, April 28th. April 28th, we bought Alcoa. Um, we've got a 9.38% gain uh, since April 28th. So, um, you know, up, and, and there's, there's a lot of stocks like this. For instance, I mentioned Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, we picked up maybe a month ago, around 325, 326. Uh, I want to say it closed over 361, 362 today. So we're up, we're up roughly 10% on that one in a little over a month. Um, you know, and, and I tell you what, I just bought Facebook. I just bought Google. Okay. Okay. Um, and so those, literally today, I just bought those. Um, and so those are a few of the things that we're buying. A lot of them are companies that people haven't heard of, you know, but, but the steel stocks like Pasco is, is, is another one that we bought that we got a really nice, almost a 30% profit. It's another steel company. Um, you know, so been trying and, and, and those are relating to what's going on in the economy. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't come up with a theme and then try to find a stock to fit it. You know, it doesn't, I, I, to me, that's backwards. What I'm looking at is I'm looking for what look, what's looking like it's working now. Right. And, and there are a lot, there's a lot of technical indicators that I look at for entry points and exit points. Um, and then a lot of fundamentals. I'm looking at things that have very strong fundamentals as well. Um, and, and so it's, it's worked out beautifully. And I'll tell you guys, the, the other thing that I want to mention about this, I've had some people ask me it, it uh, if this has to be, you know, the, your only, the, the only thing in the account and the answer is no. In other words, you don't have to just invest your portfolio in this account. This I call it pure growth, and 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 this is great for like Roth IRA accounts because of the the tax treatment, and so there's no problem if we do if we trade or if if we have a lot of activity. But what I one of my clients is this is a couple in their 80s, pardon me, uh, they've been a client for almost almost 20 years, um, and they've got uh, mil maybe two and a half three million with me. Uh, and so one of their brokerage accounts is a little bit over a million dollars and they wanted some growth though. They don't want everything to be, it's a conservative account overall, but they wanted some growth. And so what we did is we decided that we'll use 15% roughly up to 15% of the money for stocks. And so the stocks that I'm buying for the pure growth portfolio, what I do for them is I buy them the same stocks, but it, but it's, a, but it's a smaller, you know, 10 to 15% of their total account. Um, that's what I'm using. The rest of their account is very conservative, but this, I, I say this gives you, it, it adds horsepower to the account yeah. and, and, you know, and it's, and it's working out really well for one of them that I bought, for instance, auto nation is one that I bought for them a couple months ago. It's, it's worked out beautifully. I think it's up about 30% since we picked it up a couple months ago. Um, you know, so 
There are, there's, you know, as anybody that watches CNBC and knows Jim Cramer that does the Mad Money Show of course, forever, yes. he's he, he, he's a little bit mad himself, I think. I think. Um, you know, but he's he's real, very entertaining. Entertaining guy to watch, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, um, you know, he he is somebody that that's talked about, you know, picking up, you know, these uh, picking up these stocks, and and one of the things that he's talked about is, and what he likes to say is, there's always a bull market somewhere. And, and anybody that watches the show, you've heard that probably a million times. There's always a bull market somewhere. My job is to find, find what's working for you now. And, and so basically, it's the same philosophy as, as Kramer. You know, for instance, if you guys look at the commodity stocks, steel, lumber, paper, these stocks have been doing fantastic. They've been doing tremendously well. If you're looking for a way to play inflation, those are a good way to do it. Okay, but at the same time, you want to realize that those have higher risk and they're more volatile. Than your than you know your typical than than let's say a more stay at home a more stable blue chip type of stock they've got more volatility to it if you listen to the business news a lot of people they're calling them cyclical stocks you know like Caterpillar they 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 go up and down with the economy uh, more so than other companies that that uh, that don't follow the economy as closely um, so th that's the area and those are the areas that we've been we've been focusing on uh, other areas too like I mentioned AutoNation uh, you guys might know that. You know, automobiles, uh, automobile companies have been hit um, by inventory shortages. Uh, they've been hit by the computer chip shortage, which all goes back to the last administration that didn't deal with the pandemic properly and caused all these businesses to shut down. So they idled their plants. They stopped building cars. They sold their inventory. And now we're trying to get back up and trying to catch up from the mess that we had from last year. That's where all this comes from, guys, is from the shutdown of these factories and plants last year. That's what happened with the computer chip companies. They shut down last year because of the pandemic. And that's what's caused the shortages that we're looking at now that probably aren't gonna be resolved for another two years according to the boss at Intel. So um, anybody that's tried to rent a car, you know, rental yeah. car prices are over a hundred bucks a day. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. I, I, I was planning a trip to Minnesota and the, the rental car, it was, yeah, like you said, it was about a hundred bucks a day. And that's for a cheap one, right? That's, yeah, I, that's I, for like a mid-sized car. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're not I talking an trip. SUV here. No, no, no. I booked a trip to Illinois. I'm, I'm getting on a plane for the first time in probably over a year. I didn't fly anywhere last year. So it's been a long time. I got a flight. I'm going to Illinois to see some clients. Um, and, and I you know, went to rent a car. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. I, I, you know, more than the plane you know, the <laughs> It's horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, and, and, and the same thing happened with the rental car companies. You guys might know Hertz went bankrupt. You know, yes. they're they're reorganizing, so they should come back. But what same thing happened to them when everybody stopped traveling last year, everything shut down. These guys, you know, were losing tons and tons of money. So what they did is they sold their cars. They sold their their inventory of rental cars. They sold them. They unloaded them. They got rid of them. All right. Well, that, well that, so that's now, a good business decision at the time. It was, it was right. It made total sense at the time because, you know, the, the mess that we were in, it made total sense. And that's what all the analysts and everybody said, hey, you guys got to do this. Get rid of your inventory. And so they did it. Right. But now, fast forward, as the economy reopens, they haven't had a chance to build their inventory back up. And at the same time, with the other, you know, the computer chip shortages and all the other shortages we're having, you, you can't buy a new car. Right. Unless you want to wait months and months and months. It's the same thing for those guys. So the rental car mess that we're looking at, uh, if you're, I, I was originally thinking, hey, maybe if I wait a couple more months, prices will come back down. 
And then I started researching it more and I realized that this problem's not going to get fixed that quickly. So uh, unfortunately, that's that's what's leading to these to these high prices for a lot of these things. Uh, and it probably won't be resolved for a while. So um, maybe knock a day or two off your trip if you want to. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't get, don't have a car for the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Or if you got a relative, you know, maybe maybe pay them fifty bucks a day and you'll save fifty bucks a day. I don't <laughs> exactly. know. <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, uh, but it's probably not going to resolve too fast. So so anyway, we've we've been doing well. You know, the markets have been doing well, obviously. Um, but as as far as I know, I think we've I think we've about, about doubled the market if you go back to last summertime. So, so anybody that tries to tell you you can't make money in the stock market just doesn't know how to do it. All right. Um, you don't want to take it. Don't, I don't think you should take tips from friends or buddies. I think you need to research stocks. As Kramer says, going back to CNBC and mad money, you got to do your homework. And if you don't want to do the homework, if you're the type of person that's really not into all that stuff, then you, then you need to you know, give me a call. I'll be happy to do it for you. This is, this is what I do. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, um, you know, I've got a lot of clients that they I haven't I don't have anybody that doesn't like paying the fees because they look at the fee they pay, right? Which is usually like one percent or so. Um, and when you've got a seventy percent profit, you know what? It nobody nobody's <laughs> I mean, complaining. I mean, boy, oh boy, that's you earn your money and and it's well worth it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's money well spent, guys. And, yeah. and I think if you can find you know find an advisor that you feel good about that you feel comfortable with. And, and try to build a relationship so that they know you really well. And then they should help be able to help you build a portfolio that gets you to, to where you want to be. Um, and I can certainly, I'd be certainly happy to do that. Um, I, I will be uh, continuing to, to report and talk about this, this portfolio, this account that I'm managing. Um, and uh, if anybody would like to talk about it, by all means, feel free to give me a call. Uh, you know what? My number here is 1-800-975-6717. Uh, again, the number is 800 975 Six seven one seven. Feel free to give me a call anytime, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. Yeah, the uh, I mean, pure growth. That really is something. I look forward to our future conversations about that and see how it fares. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're doing things the right way. You've got the experience. You've got the insight. And I mean, when you look at someone like Warren Buffett, and and you know, you you gave a list of names of people who you know you're sort of mirroring. I mean, that's a recipe yes. for success. I, I, you know what? I, I believe it is. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing the success. Yeah. And, obviously. And I, I, 73 and a half percent. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, and it's a lot of fun, right? It's a lot of fun. When, <laughs> so, but that's gotta be a big part of what you do too. I mean, you're doing this every day. It, it, it is. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty much the first thing I do every day. Um, you know, and, and I, and I do, I watch it very closely. And, and, and so you guys know, I buy all the same stocks for myself that I buy for my clients. Um, and, and I, I, uh, we either, we either go into it together or the clients come first, depending on what the situation might be. But every stock that my clients own, I own them as well. Uh, I have them in various accounts, corporate accounts, Roth IRA accounts, health savings accounts, um, profit sharing accounts, all of them. Uh, I, I'm doing these strategies because you know what? I actually had some mutual funds. I had some of the, you know, Kathy Woods arc funds. I had uh, some great T. Rowe Price funds. I had Fidelity Tech Fund. I had Vanguard Russell uh, 1000 Growth Fund. You know what? This portfolio has beaten all of them. And it's beaten every one of them. And I'm looking at my portfolio and I'm saying, okay, the, the stocks that I'm picking are doing so much better. So I made the decision. I, I, uh, I'm out of those. I'm out. Um, and everything I'm doing with the stocks that I recommend to my clients, I'm in there too. And uh, 
And so I, I do that because I hope I, I want to show everybody that I, I believe in these 110. Yeah. And uh, I would and I wouldn't buy it for a client if I'm not going to buy it for myself. 800-975-6717. Give Kevin a call. This is something. And again, we you don't have to be in Phoenix. I mean, you know, this podcast goes everywhere. So I mean, we could so anybody from anywhere could give you a call and, and just have a conversation, right? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and you know what? It, it could be 10 minutes, guys. It doesn't have to be a long time. Let's just talk a little bit, you know, ask me whatever questions are on your mind and see if you'd like to take it, you know, have another conversation is really all it's about. And, and there's no rush. I would much rather have somebody take it slow. Let's get to know each other um, and, and just take it at your pace is fine with me. Sure. All right. Well, I mean, what a great show today. I, I love this insight that you share. It, it feels, I don't know, it just feels good to hear you tell the story and how you're accomplishing what you're accomplishing and, and, and for your clients and, and quite frankly, for you. Yes. And, and thank, thank you for that, Steve. I, I appreciate it. And, and I want everybody to know how I'm doing and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I tell, and I'm, and by the way, I've got two crystal balls because one of them wasn't working good enough for me. So <laughs> you know what, but neither one of them can help me pick a stock. Yes, so of course, <laughs> you know what? So we're, so we're using the tried and true, tried and true methods. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, so pure growth, that's what we're talking about. Is that what you want to leave us with this week? Yes, I, I do. And, 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 and please take away the fact that you don't have, it doesn't have to be everything in your portfolio. Like I mentioned, you know, I can carve out a piece. Uh, it could be 15%, 10%, it could be 40%, whatever percentage you want. That's how I can set it up and manage it. And I can customize it to, to the level that you're comfortable with, how much risk you're looking for, how much growth you're trying to achieve. Um, and we can customize. We'll dial it in to whatever level you're comfortable with. Um, but I'm using the stocks that are generating these returns, you know, for clients that don't want to go all in, we'll just put, like I say, my, you know, 10, 15, 20% in those stocks. And you, you might be surprised at how, how, how big a difference it can make. I like the sound of that. Kevin, as always, it's a pleasure to just have these conversations every week. Oh, you know what? I, I, I enjoy being here guys. And I really appreciate uh, everybody listening. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.